0: that to avoid being sought out before my resolution should have been rendered irrevocable by being carried into full effect, I had written to Angela overnight, in my usual manner, lamenting that urgent business, of which she should know all particulars by and by, took me unexpectedly away from her for a week or ten days. There was no Northern Railway at that time, and in its place there were stagecoaches, which I occasionally find myself, in common with some other people, affecting to lament now, but which everybody dreaded as a very serious penance then. I had secured a box seat on the fastest of these, and my business in Fleet Street was to get into a cab with my portmanteau, so to make the best of my way to the Peacock at Islington, where I was to join this coach. But when one of our temple watchmen who carried my portmanteau into Fleet Street for me told me about the huge blocks of ice that had for some days past been floating in the river, Having closed up in the night and made a walk from the Temple Gardens over to the Surrey shore, I began to ask myself the question whether the box seat would not be likely to put a sudden and frosty end to my unhappiness. I was heartbroken, it is true, and yet I was not quite so far gone as to wish to be frozen to death. When I got up to the Peacock, where I found everybody drinking hot pearl in self-preservation, I asked if there were an inside seat to spare, I then discovered that inside or out, I was the only passenger. This gave me a still lively idea of the great inclemency of the weather, since that coach is always loaded particularly well. However, I took a little pearl, which I found uncommonly good, and got into the coach. When I was seated, they built me up with straw to the waist, Unconscious of making a rather ridiculous appearance, I began my journey. It was still dark when we left the Peacock. For a little while, pale uncertain ghosts of houses and trees appeared and vanished, and then it was hard, black, frozen day. People were lighting their fires, smoke was mounting straight up, high into the rarefied air, and we were rattling for Highgate Archway, over the hardest ground that I ever heard the ring of iron shoes on. As we got into the country, everything seemed to have grown old and grey. The roads, the trees, thatched roofs of cottages and homesteads, the ricks in farmers' yards. Outdoor work was abandoned, horse troughs at roadside inns were frozen hard, no stragglers lounged about, doors were close shut little turnpike houses had blazing fires inside, and children, even turnpike people have children and seem to like them, rubbed the frost from the little panes of glass with their chubby arms that their bright eyes might catch a glimpse of the solitary coach going by. I don't know when the snow began to set in, but I know that we were changing horses somewhere when I heard the guard remark that the old lady up in the sky was picking her geese pretty hard today. Then indeed I found the white down falling fast and thick. The lonely day wore on, and I dozed it out as the lonely traveller does. I was warm and valiant after eating and drinking, particularly after dinner, cold and depressed at all other times. I was also bewildered as to time and place, and always more or less out of my senses. The coach and horses seemed to execute in chorus, all Dlang syne, without a moment's intermission. They kept the time and tune with the greatest regularity, which rose into the swell at the beginning of the refrain, with a precision that worried me to death. While we changed horses, the guard and coachmen went stumping up and down the road, printing off their shoes in the snow, and pouring so much liquid consolation into themselves, without being any the worse for it that I began to confound them as it darkened again, with two great white casks standing on end. Our horses tumbled down in solitary places, and we got them up, which was the pleasant variety I had, for it warmed me. And it snowed and snowed, and still it snowed, and never left off snowing. All night we went on in this manner. Thus we came round the clock, upon the great north road, to the performance of Auld Lang Syne by day again. And it snowed and snowed, and still it snowed and never left off snowing. I forget now where we were at noon on the second day, and where we ought to have been, but I know that we were scores of miles...